Welcome to Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. I'm your host, Tammy Riley, and it is so hard for me to believe that we are embarking on season five. This is our third year of podcasting. I am so honored that my podcast is still on the radio, that somebody tunes in and listens. And honestly, thank you to each and every one of you who do take the time to sit down and enjoy the conversation with our guests, the guests that so generously, generously share all of their story. And it's sharing with me, but but in that heart-to-heart conversation that I am so grateful for, it's sharing with you. And I never imagined how important these conversations would actually be to me. Getting this one-on-one time with each of our guests has been uh, just so special. And it really, even for people who I know well, I always learn so much and it's so nice to share um, the concept of this, right? How, how it's not easy for any of us, that practicing self-care is something that we all have to work on. We have to plan for it. We have to be intentional about it. And we know that some days are good, right? That's with anything. Smooth sailing. And then others, ugh, not so much. But you know what? I mean, if it's one thing that we've learned through all of this, it's that it's okay. That it is the same for all of us. Then that's why we call this a practice. Some days are great and amazing. And other days, man, we're not even sure how we'd get through. And that definitely happens in the ebb and flow of our life. When we're super busy, we tend to have less and less time to gaze inward and see where we are and what we need. So I hope these conversations will not only provide you with some new ways to self-care or to highlight things that you are already doing because you listen and say, I do that too, but also to normalize the struggle, right? That it's not always picture perfect. And all of us have to really focus on staying true to ourselves when it comes to care. I mean, all we can really do is learn to meet ourselves where we are, right? Just to be in the moment and just do our best to give ourselves grace and permission to just be there. And to quote Glennon Doyle, we can do hard things. We do do them every day. I know you do. So be a little easier on yourself. Take time to check in and just keep coming back to the heart of it all. When you get derailed, it's okay. Just come back to the point. It's it's how I know for me, I try to practice mindfulness or meditation, right? Something as I sit down in the quiet derails my thoughts, takes me on a ride. My brain goes somewhere else. And what do I do? I just come back to the point, sitting in the moment, whether I'm focusing on my breath, on a word, on a phrase, right? whatever it is. Just keep coming back because you're worth it. And as we kick off this season, our first guest is Renette Chifu. And if that name sounds familiar to you when you hear me say that, it's because I mention her in the outro of every podcast. Yes, she is the producer of this show. She is an amazing young woman who has a wealth of knowledge to share, and it certainly has been wonderful getting to let her tell her story from the other side, right? In this episode, she gets to lend her voice, not just her skill, to the podcast. So as Renette is a student pursuing her education in a three plus one program at Quinnipiac, that means that she graduates in four years with an undergrad and graduate degree. Yes, like so focused and determined, um, so much drive for any of our students who do this. But definitely, uh, Renette has a lot of that drive to offer. So please sit back, grab a cuppa, and get ready to listen to Living Well While Living Online. Friends, welcome back to Living Well While Living Online. This week, I am really excited to have this conversation and to share with all of you. It is someone who you know, but you don't know you know, because she is the behind the scenes of this actual podcast. It is the podcast producer. We are with Quinnipiac University student, Raynette Chufu, and I'm really looking forward to learning more about her because she does so much 
for me, for the podcast. And now we get to have her on the other side. So welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's um, you know, I always try to encourage students to be a part of this conversation. And it was so interesting as uh, anytime we're, we meet together, which hasn't been that much because most of what we do is via email, but I'm just so intrigued and I want to know it. I was like, would you be a guest? And um, yeah, she loves to tell stories. So I feel <laughs> like this is a perfect ma- uh, match. I like to listen to the stories. Okay. So I would love for you to just tell how you ended up here at Quinnipiac because you are not uh, a citizen of the United States. You are not a, you know, uh, normal, I'm going to say normal, traditional Quinnipiac student that comes from around here. You traveled far and wide to get here. So can you tell a bit about your story and how you ended up in Hamden, Connecticut? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Zimbabwe. Um, that's where I live. And I was at school in the UK and that's where I did my university applications and everything. Um, I mainly chose Quinnipiac because I was looking for a a university with a good film program on the East Coast Mm -hmm. um, because I love winter. I'm a winter girl. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it really looked like it had a good film program that was like... um, intensive and very involved and a lot of good resources as well uh, from my research which was mainly online and you know everyone always asked me like did you visit beforehand like no I I didn't wow (laughs) yeah it was just a leap of faith basically and so far it's it's worked out pretty well yeah this is your second year Yes, this is my second year here, but because of the 3 plus 1 program, which is another reason why I, I chose yes. Quinnipiac, I will be graduating next year. Yes. And then staying for my master's another year, which is really, really cool. Yeah, that is a really appealing piece for a lot of our programs, especially when you're not close to home, that, you know, getting that graduate degree, you can do it in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's fascinating that you love winter because... I've grown up in Connecticut my whole life. I hate winter. It's so cold. I shouldn't say I hate. Hate's a strong word. I really dislike being cold, but you enjoy the winter. I love... Okay, the thing... What I always say is when it's hot, when it's summer, you don't have a choice but to be hot. Mm-hmm. But then in the winter, you can get as warm as you want, you know. <laughs> Given that you have the resources, if you have blankets and like a good jacket and heat, you'll be fine. Um, and I love getting into my blankets after a really cold day that it's so satisfying to me. So <laughs> <laughs> That's um, wonderful. So I yes. would imagine in Zimbabwe, it does not get that cold. You know, you do. I know you have extreme heat, but, you know, different areas are a little bit different. So what's the coldest that you would ever get there? Probably in the mornings is when it's the coldest, like in the mornings and super late at night, um, like during the winter, it'll get to like maybe seven degrees Celsius. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but um, it's not that cold. It's not that cold. Yeah. Yeah. But it's so it's that's good. I mean, I love that you love the diversity of that. You know, I think most people, if you grow up in an area. I guess I'm not like that. If you grew up in an area, you you were adjusted to the climate and you like the climate that you're in. But um, but yeah, you're a winter girl. I love that about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you also? So you said you had gone to school in the UK, which is also far from you know Zimbabwe. So how like is that where a lot of students from Zimbabwe go to school? Was it just you? Was it your family? How did you end up even doing? work there was that considered what we call our high school was that you know sort of I'm gonna say pre-college how how does that work in the scheme of your education yeah so back home uh in Zimbabwe we have um like seven slash eight years of primary school and then so grade seven is when you finish primary school and then you start high school um we have forms one to six so oh okay yeah um so six years of high school Mm -hmm. so in my fourth year i did my igcse i don't know if you're familiar with that i'm not um cambridge um british exam i guess i don't know it's pretty international but yeah um and so the next step 
the last two years of high school would be to do the A-level Cambridge exams. And those are, they felt really limiting to me because you can only focus on four subjects and they have to be interlinked. So to me, it felt like I was choosing my career already and I wasn't ready to do that because I wasn't sure what it is I wanted to do. So for example, you would have to do something like biology, chemistry, maths, and then if you're lucky enough they let you do a fourth subject, it'll probably have to be physics or I don't know, okay. something sciencey like that. Um or if you chose to do the arts, it would have to be like English literature, history and something else that's along those lines. And I wasn't ready to do that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. It felt too soon. I was only like 16, 17. Oh so my gosh. Um, I was looking for other options and I found the IB diploma program, the International Baccalaureate Diploma. And that one lets you do six subjects and like one in every field oh, and okay. um, other core things that are part of their curriculum that are really like, you know, they make you like for example community service you have to do something like active you mm-hmm. have to you know it was such a broader program and um there was only one school back home that i knew of that was offering it but it was going to be the same price whether or not i w- i mean excluding like board room and board and the travel fees it was going to be the same amount of money and I was ready for a change like I was ready to either change schools or I don't know but I just felt like if I'm going to change schools I might as well change the country (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted a change I needed it in fact at that time and I sort of just went with it and my parents are really supportive yeah so you were pretty young to first of all to make that decision i think and to look at it from the perspective that you did that's really incredible you have a good sense of what you need or i guess what you what you didn't know you needed right to move forward in your career i love that and were your parents nervous about sending you off at 17 yeah absolutely absolutely my mom was really really hesitant about it um if i wasn't like so sure in my decision Mm. it she definitely would have been even more hesitant i think me being confident and sure is what helped her be like okay if you're sure then go for it so she left it to god and yeah i ended up being able to go they were both supportive yeah, it's so awesome to even to be that confident in your own decision at that stage. I love that you truly. So, you know, I ask my guests for a little bio. And one of the things that she put was that she loves to travel. And I think that's so true about you that you had that sense of adventure and it didn't like you were looking at it as such a, an opportunity instead of all the things that you could have been nervous about. Yeah. And uh, that just is really, I guess, true to who you are then. You're, you're the adventure seeker. Yes, I love to travel. I've, I haven't been to many places, <clears throat> but the places I've been to, I've enjoyed. And even the little experiences that I didn't enjoy that were not so nice, you know, which is life. Um, I wouldn't take those away from, from, from it because it adds to the whole adventure aspect of it. I love to travel. And I think um, my nomadic life has just started so i'm looking forward to seeing where i go quite literally so you're a film uh, major and journalist mm-hmm. and that's where you aspire to go so i would imagine you're going to link that together with your love of travel again i hope to do so that is that would be perfect that would be the perfect career for me so i'm always looking for ways to do that i'm a journalism minor and i plan to do my master's in journalism too i hope it like leads to some sort of documentary production because that would be i would really enjoy that i would enjoy telling real stories that are happening right now Mm. and i don't think that's something that will ever stop being something that i can do you know because there are always stories are happening you know right now this is a story so um I hope that will let me travel in some aspect or the other. But I think right after university, I'll go back into radio for a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Where did you do that before? 
I did it back home. So when I finished in the UK, I went back home. I took a gap year and I worked in radio for a little bit for that year that I was back home. And I truly enjoyed it. I didn't expect to enjoy it, especially since before this, I was saying I don't have a radio voice. (laughs) (laughs) She was saying she does not like her voice at all. (laughs) Um, But I did do that. And it was I started as an intern and then um, got my own show in the end. And that was like an incredible experience for me. Uh, it, it was funny, too, because my boss would listen to the shows and every time he would be like, good show, great show. Just try to add more enthusiasm to your voice, more energy. And I was like, OK, I'll try. But my voice is like this. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was like a host slash DJ. So it was a talk show and like a music show. Okay. And I would play amazing music and it would be really energetic and like, you know, try to get people hyped up, especially if my show was on a Tuesday at lunchtime. So try to get people's energy back up again for the rest of the day. And so we would have like a really energetic song playing and then I would come in with my soft and you know less energetic <laughs> voice like such a good song guys <laughs> that's awesome it's just my voice I'm more of a calm talker like guys it's a long day you're driving home like that's me <laughs> uh, so we'll see how that works out but I'm excited to explore that a little bit more after my experience so when we say radio and you have this experience that you've had with I guess that was music combined are you looking more like I envision an NPR reporter type thing right having a show that way is that am I on the right track or you're going back like nope full out let's get the music going and let's (laughs) I think definitely more talk show more NPR vibes okay um less of the music although I love music and that could definitely be something I do on the side mm-hmm. or like just for fun but yeah definitely more talking than than anything else yeah so the telling of story i love exactly. i love that i love that uh, about you i love that whole idea because essentially you know every guest that comes on here is is telling their story we don't always look at it as tell me your story right. um but it really is and and some people are better at i guess understanding their story sharing their story some people are really private with their story. So it's so interesting to think about it that way. And um, I just loved, I just wanted to bring back when you said about the travel and even places that maybe you didn't love or have the best experience, how you learned from that. And I think that's so important in our story, right? There's chapters that aren't going to be great um, because that's life, but, but we do learn from every piece of it. So I love your wisdom with that already. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to point that out. Uh, so let's bring us to, well, first, I do absolutely want to talk about self-care. But before we do that, I guess I just want to ask, you know, the three places where you've been to spend the majority of time you've lived in Zimbabwe, you were in the UK, and now you're here in Connecticut. Um, culturally, like, how has it been changing for you? I know you and I had briefly talked, like, what do you miss from home? And you were like, oh, this amazing dish. And, you know, so there's always things that you miss because we can only get what we can, you know, sort of get in different areas. But how has that been to live in these three different cultures for you? And what, like, what's your experience or what I guess is your biggest takeaway from that? I would say, I definitely think that, you know, going from Zimbabwe to the UK, then to the US, I think that was a good beginner's guide to travel because okay both these places speak english mm-hmm. and we learn english from you know when you start in kindergarten you're already learning your abcds um so i and i would take first language english exams and everything so i think going to a place where they speak the same language yeah was a big advantage and it really helped reduce the culture shock Mm -hmm. and I think the UK too was like a little I not like a cheat cheating way (laughs) but like (laughs) um it was it was a good place to go for the first time because Zimbabwe was colonized by the British so we have a lot of the like we can relate to a lot of the aspects of the culture Mm -hmm. so it didn't feel like a massive culture shock um 
And aside from like, not even the time difference because it was only two hours. Oh, I yeah. didn't realize that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that felt fine to me. Um, it felt completely fine. And I would say coming here too, it I guess just because of like movies and also going to the UK and I was a bit more adapt to western culture already so that was it really helped movies help i guess <laughs> yeah i think you're right yeah. i i talked to a lot of our international students who have said you know i'm like how do you how do you know our language so well how do you and it is from tvs and movies and you do learn more than you realize um about about the place you're going and obviously there's a lot out there yeah exactly but i would say like um my biggest takeaway from traveling to all the places i've been to i guess the most important thing is first of all to remember where you come from Mm. and then be open i think those are the two biggest takeaways i've had so far even from anyone coming from high school to college or, you know, having to drive three hours from home to come to a college where they don't know anyone, like, that counts, too. If, I, I'm not going to say remember who you are because that's such a, you know, you you're people are free to change anytime. You can reinvent yourself, whatever. You don't have to be just one specific thing but if you remember where you're coming from you have all these lessons from the past that you can bring into where you are right now regardless of where that is and then the you know just being open to experiences to people to places it will enhance your experience it'll elevate it a little bit because you would you will experience things that you didn't expect to so just remembering where you come from and being open i I love that I mean, such wise advice for anything applicable to anything. And we can just look at, you already said, you know, even if you're coming from a state three hours away, I do think a lot of our students, that's a big transition, your first year of college. And to your point, we expect everything to be the same. So we're not always as open. You know, we don't realize that even though we're in the same country, it might be different, right? We're learning something new. So that is always such great advice wherever you go. Um, I I think it must, I'm just thinking, you know, for you as your first year and you're coming in with your roommates and they're like, I'm so homesick, we're two hours away. And you're like, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really, people? (laughs) Yeah. What are you going to (laughs) do? What are you going to do? No, but I I think that's super important. for, for all of us and, and applicable to anything, starting a new job, right? There's going to be a new culture with that. You know, yeah. Looking at the mediums that you study from film to writing to radio, again, being open to what it is. So just that, you know, broadness of your perspective is super important, which will help in everything that you do for sure. Thank you. I yeah. hope so. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk about the idea of self-care. And first, I I only know, right, my own experience and then a lot of the people I've been talking to, and obviously you've been listening in on the conversations, but I think for most of us in general, we're not taught self-care as it stands, right? So I know that I don't, I don't think as a parent, I sat down with my kids and said, this is how you self-care. This is how you care for yourself. Obviously, there were things we do like you must brush your teeth before you go to bed and please take a shower, right? So those are general hygiene, but the concept beyond that of self-care, I don't think we've been good at teaching people. I think we're better at it now. I think there's language for it, but you come from a different culture, right? So what is that idea or concept of self-care like there? And is it taught in that way or has it been taught to you? Or are you in the same situation, I would say, as I just described for most of us of now floundering and figuring out how important that concept is. I think I was taught, but more so focused on the personal care and hygiene aspect Mm -hmm. of it, which is a big part of it, to be fair. And I think I was taught more in a, so at school, you know, you're taught the hygiene part of it as well as at home but then there's a more cultural focus of as a woman Mm -hmm. you have to be this way you have to treat yourself in this way and do and do these things and treat yourself this way you know but because of the conservative culture and the traditional aspect of it it's you know as a woman you need to 
take care of yourself, take care of your body, and the reason is because a man, you know. Right, 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 uh-huh. right. Okay, yes. yeah. So that's a, that's still yeah. b- a so, big cultural point. Exactly. Over, okay, interesting. But for me, yeah. one side, I don't want to say unlearned, it, the, you know, as a woman, because of a man, part of it, the essence of it still remained to be true. You know, you have to wake up, take a shower, you have to pamper yourself, you have to, you know, when you go to the, my mom would always say, when you go to the bathroom, when you leave, it should be like you were never there. And that's Ooh. true, because then the next person gets to have a fresh experience. You yeah. know, they don't have to be bombarded with the reality that someone was in the bathroom before me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> So, you know, regardless of like the the context of it all, the context that they put it in, the details of it to me remain to be true. And so for me, self-care is, you know, waking up, brushing my teeth, showering. It's taking that like hour for me um, to get ready to, you know, put on lotion on my body, not in a rushed kind of way, to do my nails, to do my hair. Which both are stunning, by the way. Her nails are beautiful. (laughs) I know you can't see, but I am sitting across from her. And yeah, her nails are gorgeous and her hair... Um, so we'll talk about that, but yeah, her <laughs> hair is, is beautiful. Um, but you've had other, I've seen you in other hairstyles and right. so really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's those, those little things that the culmination of those little habits and the daily rituals mm. of just worshiping your own body and, you know, all that stuff for me, that's self-care because in the broad, in the like bigger and deeper sense of it it affirms my value you know Mm. i am worthy of pampering myself and taking this hour to just treat myself and to care for myself and that's always set the bare minimum standard for anyone else that's going to come into my life because i do this for myself so if you can't do this bare minimum then truly in what way are we compatible as human beings you know what i mean so it helps set my value affirm my value and you know set my expectations and standards for the people that i interact with in my life how they're going to treat me so those daily rituals and practices for me they play a big part in my self-care. I love that. Especially, you know, I think a lot of us do struggle. We think we're doing these things for other people. And I think maybe to a little bit of a, a little lesser extent, we're taught like take care of yourself for a man, so to speak. But I think we always think that, right? We're always doing this because of what others will think about us, whether yeah. it's a man or a partner or just at the world, social media, whatever yeah. it is that is viewing us. It's always for the other. So I love um, that whole point to you, like affirming your value that you are worthy. You are worthy. Yeah. And you're young. And I mean that in a great way. Like, my gosh, <laughs> you know, it's taken me so long, I think, to realize that. Or it, it takes many of us a long time to realize that we deserve it, period. Not because or not exactly. for. Right. Exactly. And so I love that you have unlearned some of the right parts in that way. Um, not the lessons and how important it is, but for who. And I think that's really wonderful. And also tying in the part where someone has to sort of meet you where you are with that. Again, that's my whole point. I feel like growing up, you know, I'm in my 50s. So growing up, it, it you know, it wasn't that my mother didn't teach me to care for myself, but it not in this context, not as formally or we didn't articulate it in the same way. And I just think there's more language around it. We recognize the value and it is a lot of, I'm going to say, empowerment of, you know, you go girl, do this for you. We didn't have that. It was like, do it because you have to do yeah, this. Exactly. And because, right. And now we get it. Like we don't have to have the other reason, right? It's just mm-hmm. do it. It's there just doesn't. You. Yeah. yeah. You first. You first. And I think that's new. And I've definitely talked about it with other guests, but there is that conception or perception in the world that when you're doing that, you're being selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's really the most selfless thing you can do, right? Because if you are feeling confident and you've had your morning ritual and routine and you get out into the world, like that just radiates out. It really does. It does. It does. I feel it too. On the day that I 
am rushing. The day doesn't start off and the vibe isn't as well as if I just take my time to get ready, be ready, and then step out and take on the world. You know, it's yeah. two completely different energies. So beside the idea of physically caring for yourself, what other things do you have to do to, you know, I'm going to say self-care, whether that means fuel your soul, be happy, content, what is it? That even if you can't get to them every day, things that are important to you in that aspect. Uh, definitely talking to my family. Mm. It was such an underrated thing to me. Like, not underrated. Um, I underestimated okay. its impact on my life. Staying in touch with my family in on a more regular basis. Actually establishing connections and relationships with my family members was something that I didn't think I thought it was a given you know this mm-hmm. is my brother he'll always be my brother this is my sister she'll always be my sister regardless of how, how much we talk or our relationship or you know but now I love talking to my sister and my siblings and my mom and my dad they're funny people <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't know them as people like yeah. as individuals I, it's such a weird thing to say but i didn't know like i this summer specifically actually i took the time to get to know my family mm-hmm. as people i think um because of the conservative way the culture is back home it's almost like an official kind of there are these like formalities you have to observe with your parents and your your older siblings and uh, so because of that to me it's always felt like there was this gap between us as people and I didn't feel like they really knew me and I didn't really know them but once I started to actually get to know them as people like how I would get to know my friends or anyone that I'm trying to develop and maintain a relationship with Mm -hmm. I actually found out that they were pretty funny people and like pretty like cool people to hang out with. <laughs> so just talking to them and just having those people that are on your side and yeah. there for you, want the best for you, and you don't have to question that mm-hmm. because it's a given. That really helps me. I love that idea though because I think many of us, even without you know the the, the culture that you're speaking to, a little bit more formal. I think a lot of us take for granted our family and their people. It's just like walking by the couch every day. You know, you're yeah. walking by your family. Oh, hey, you know, <laughs> this is what we do. But but do we, at what point do we really look at our family as individual exactly. people? Yeah. And so I love that that was your job this summer to get to know them as people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, hey, I know you birthed me, parents, <laughs> but I kind of like you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're actually cool. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting because, uh, again, it's just the familiar, the familiar people in the house. And oftentimes with the familiar you know, it, it just becomes part of our day and we don't have to think about it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, they are pretty special and it is important to yeah, foster exactly. those relationships. Maybe exactly. too, because you're not there day to day. It's that fresh yeah. perspective. On yeah, them. absolutely. I think that played a big part in deciding to set the intention to get to know them as people, like yeah. as who they are, because I think I always looked at them as, okay, that's Regina, my sister. Mm -hmm. That's my mom. But like, so getting to know Regina as Regina, not as part of my narrative, but as just who she is. That's so fun. So you have a brother and a sister. I have four siblings. Oh. Yes, two brothers, two sisters. Oh. Where do you fall in that? The last. You're the baby? (laughs) (laughs) Do they treat you like the baby? Yes. They really do. All of them, actually. My sister, she's the oldest of all of us. She treats me like I'm her child. Oh. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, Yeah. I always have like two sets of parents. (laughs) So so maybe it made it easier in some ways for your parents to let you go to the UK. Maybe it made it a little harder, right? You know, I don't know, right? Either you're the last of the fifth one and they're like, whatever, send her off. Or (laughs) like, oh my gosh, that's the baby. We can't lose her yet. So it's interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, definitely the baby one. Okay. Oh, and do they all still live in Zimbabwe? Are they all close at home or no? Is um, everyone scattered? No. So my parents and one of my brothers, they stay in Zambia 
which is only like a 45 minute flight okay from zimbabwe which is good um so they're there and then my other siblings are in zimbabwe okay so you're the only yes one that's really traveled far and wide and are yeah. living abroad and having that life yeah that's interesting the independence of the baby maybe that's why i'm just like trying to unpack that right now <laughs> because it is when you are the youngest of this set you know you are treated differently in the family that doesn't mean it's yeah. bad i just mean ha- the relationship you have because you're oh the baby the last one yeah and for you to be the one that's the i'm gonna say or at least from the outside the independence in leaving the country and seeking your education you know and living out here that's really interesting yeah it is <laughs> i think now my family's used to me just wanting to do things that they wouldn't think of doing or not many people think of doing I think now they expect that from me because now they come to me with, you know, looking for ideas and which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With your worldview, because yeah. <laughs> because of who you are. Right. Like you're yeah. saying, being open and learning and adapting. And yeah. that's just something we all need to work on every day, no yeah. matter where we are. I'm definitely the adventurous one of my family because even something simple like when we eat out at a restaurant, I'm always the one to try something new and then I will tell them if it's nice or not. (laughs) (laughs) So and sometimes it's really like backfired because sometimes I won't be able to eat what I ordered because it's so bad. But then sometimes it's so good and then everyone... Everyone starts getting that thing because I took the risk for all of us. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Um, I would imagine you and I talked briefly that there are, right, obviously the cuisine is very different in all of these cultures. So has that been a really hard adjustment? Are you totally now after two years in Connecticut, a total American? And you're like, give me my burgers and fries. Uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> For me, burgers and fries are always like an occasional thing back home. It's a treat. Right. Isn't it so American when you think yes. of American food? It's like chicken nuggets and yeah. burgers and fries. Yeah. Back home, those are treats. <laughs> yeah. And that hasn't, well, I guess now it's a bit more normalized to me. But I think this semester is the one where I'm trying to be more intentional about what I eat and trying to Mm -hmm. seek out the things that I think are good and you know good for my body too yes trying to find you know access to that combination Mm -hmm. and trying to find it on campus too so and now that I like where I live we have the stove and everything in our little suite so I, I think I will try do a little bit more cooking yes so when you cook do you cook more traditional dishes or things that you grew up with? Or is it more like whatever is super quick and easy? Well, like, I'm yet to use the stove. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we're thinking when, about it. Yeah, we're, when, we're I, when I do, yes. exactly. <laughs> when I do, it'll probably be a little bit of both. It'll okay. probably, like, my meals will probably have some aspects from home. Um, but then it'll also have to work with what's accessible to me. Right. So right. it'll definitely be a little bit of both. Is there some characteristic that jumps out to describe as your food? Like, is it more rice based? Is it more potato based? Is it more veggie based? Like, what is it? I, I don't know actually much about the cuisine. So yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So back home, we plan our meals around the starch okay so it's rice and okay it's you know baked potatoes and it's sadza and which is like a it's ground milli meal so ground maize meal (laughs) how do you say that like cornmeal yeah yeah exactly um and then you cook it and it becomes this you know thing (laughs) i don't know how to explain it but (laughs) yes um so it's that and and then you pick the meat it could be chicken stew beef stew pork stew it could be so stews are big yeah stews are a big thing it could be veggies like leaf vegetables Mm -hmm. that we you know cut up 
and maybe mix with the meat or you know so it's it's the starch and then you pick the meat it could be roasted it could be fried whatever and then you pick the the vegetable or it could be the meat the vegetable the vegetable and then if you have meat you're gonna add it in um so that's kind of how meals are planned back home yeah here though i am trying to be more i I don't like meat okay okay (laughs) um not for any like political or social reason but just because i just i don't like the taste of it Mm -hmm. i can have a little bit like chicken if it's chicken in something like a salad or a wrap or if it's like chicken wings that have very little meat on them i will love chicken Mm -hmm. but that's about the extent of it um so here i'm just trying to i think be more fruit and vegetable yes centric i love fish too so it's usually like fruits vegetable fish seafood Mm -hmm. that's my that's my area was it interesting i guess to look at a menu in the U.S. where we sort of think of it the opposite way. We have our meat, and then you have the sides, and you're, you know, yeah. the starch is the side. Yeah. So it must have been, uh, you know, just an interesting thing to see how we flip it on the menu. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I love looking at that because food is so important. Um, you know, it ties you to your family. It's your culture. You know, whether your family is a good cook or not a good cook, there's just so much involved in that. And the idea of meals together. And so I would imagine, right, and I do a fair share of travel. My favorite thing when I travel is to have a meal with a, with a friend or a family, hopefully at their table, right? Not always out at a restaurant, but to have that experience. So, you know, coming from a big family and then traveling, like, do you miss that family meal time I'm going to say? Was it a big part of what you did there? I'm going to say it it was and it wasn't okay (laughs) right because sometimes we're super busy so yeah I will say like there were times when I think recently like the last two years three years is when we started um eating as a family making it a point to Mm -hmm. do so more less in the winter because it's so cold and you don't want to sit at the table for a very long time you just want to be in your blankets so sometimes (laughs) You know, during that time... Cold. I'm going to say cold in air quotes. Because... (laughs) The cold is the cold. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, recently we've started making it a point to do so. And it's fun. You know, you end up sitting at the table for way longer than you you plan to because Mm -hmm. conversations are happening, jokes are happening. So, yeah, it was a good time. I love that you brought up you end up sitting longer at the table. I wish I could remember. I was looking this morning through some quotes that I have saved... And you know how you somebody will put up a word and then there's a definition. And it was a Spanish word, um, which I can't remember because I'm not good at remembering Spanish words. But it essentially meant the after part of the meal where you're sitting around the table and it's sort of the conversation and digestion. And right. so it, it literally had a name, um, which I love. And I love that you just said that because when I read that this morning, I thought that is to me, the most important piece. It's not just the eating. Yeah, not it's, the eating. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the after. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think actually when I went to school in the UK, I did have access to a lot of that because I stayed with host families. Okay. And Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. And uh, one of the host families I stayed with, they were amazing. Their names were Kevin and Linda. And I loved our dinner times because we ate together i had um two of my other friends also stayed with them at the same time and two other um international students too and so we would have big dinners like all the time and it it would last like two hours and we'll just be talking they were amazing storytellers they would tell Mm. us all these stories um about the other international students they've hosted and their experiences too so that was like a pretty memorable experience for me. It felt like family. Like they did a good job of making us feel like just one big family. Yeah, I think meals, food is a big part of like getting together, getting connected. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. You were lucky to have people that really yeah. pulled you all together in that way. For sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So now as a college student, right, just a regular old college student, do you, do you, when we look at the word self-care, do you think um, 
that there are a lot of things that college students struggle with that you see? Do you think that it is people are being more intentional? Like I know you just spoke to just some major things that help you, but just in the friends that you've made and what you look at, and this isn't a cultural thing. I don't mean it from that way. I mean it literally from the perspective of you as a college student. Are we, are other students looking at it that way? Do you think it's still something we all need work on and practice on or what do you, what is your opinion on what you're seeing? I know some people that are really intentional about what they do in a day. Mm -hmm. And those are the people I truly admire because (laughs) it's really hard to, I think in college you have so much more freedom with how you use your time. Like you pick when your lessons are, you pick, you know, and we have big chunks in a day where there's no lesson. So just being intentional about how you fill up that time yes. is really important because it could either, you know, be filled with productive things or unproductive things. And it could be you could fill it up too much. Right. You know, which you might do because you said you can't. Say I know I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. But then I would rather that than have nothing because then you'd be idle and right. you know idle is the, an idle mind you know devil's workshop all that jazz yeah um, <laughs> so they say yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's one big thing that people some people have it down but some people like me still trying to figure out the balance of yeah. it all yeah. another thing is probably the people that as college students we surround ourselves with because there's this big thing of Mm. i have to make friends in this new environment and how am i going to do that think one thing that i've come to terms with is in college you really just have to be you Mm -hmm. just whoever you are at that given moment be that and the people that relate to that that want that that are good for that will come right you know like you'll find them yeah you'll find the people you need to hope i mean i'm just speaking to my experience so just not being impatient and ending up compromising who you are and the important aspects of yourself right in order to quickly make friends with the people that are available to you at that point Mm -hmm. because that could be detrimental to your experience and that's when you find people that are you know saying college was horrible because the people and all that jazz you know we just link ourselves to people that aren't for us right yes because we just don't want to be alone Mm -hmm. especially in your first year just be patient i I would say patience is a big thing to especially because people are important in our experiences and to have people around us. But when you're starting this college experience, patience is definitely needed. And I think I did get frustrated at some at some points, not because I was alone, but because the people I was around weren't what I needed or wanted mm-hmm. at the time. Um, just realizing that and staying true to that yeah. and being patient and then the people... They will come. Yeah. No, that's such wise advice. Um, Because we're desperate to have our people when we come to school. You know, you think everyone I meet is going to be my best friend. And to your point, they're not. Yeah. Not everybody is you. So I do see students who have kind of bent who they are to fit into a group only to later have it not work out. Yeah. And then they're frustrated. But really, that group wasn't meant for them or that exactly. person. Or, exactly. And, yeah. and, you know, when I talk about self-care and well-being with students and we do programs, it really is to take stock of who you're spending your time with. Because just because you are friends or acquaintances with somebody doesn't mean they're good for you. Yeah. Right? So it really is important that we're analyzing and that there are people that to your point that you can feel like you're you, whatever that means today. Yeah, (laughs) whoever (laughs) you are right now. Yeah, so you can feel like you're you and they're, you know, you want to be a better person when you're around them, you know, instead of compromising what you believe in. And so it is important because relationships can be really toxic to us. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a hard one. People say, you know, like you are what you eat and I don't think people realize that, you know, what you feed yourself is more than food mm. you know it's the people you're around it's the things you watch it's the things you read the things you're exposed to and people are a big part of that so. i love that yeah 
it's important. Yeah, our consumption is way bigger than our food. Exactly. That's such a great point. Wow. Um, so I wanted to briefly, your nails. <laughs> do you do your own nails or do you have them done? Um, so these, I got them done back home before I came back over okay. the summer. Oh my gosh, that was yes. even a while ago. They're stunning still. <laughs> yeah. We're a few weeks into school. Yeah, I got them done back home. Really, really affordable back home. It's It was only okay. $25 okay. to get these done. Yeah. Here, probably would have been around like 60 Wow. And I can't afford that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't afford it. So here I do try to do my own nails. Yeah. So probably the next time you see me, I will have done something different with them. It's it's about that time. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the same with your hair. Do you do your own hair? Do you have a person here? Because obviously, you know, that's a whole other piece when we leave and we relocate. Like, oh, my hairdresser or my... I was just speaking with another student yesterday who said they need a haircut. They're like, but I leave my person at home. Yeah. You know, so it's hard. <laughs> yes, actually, for men, yeah, I know at least back home, men are really loyal to their barbers. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so yeah. going to a new person feels like a crime to them. It so does. It can be like very you're difficult. Cheating. You're yeah, cheating exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it's more so because I'm really, really nervous and anxious and hesitant to let new people touch my hair okay because i just don't know how it's gonna work out i don't want because my hairstyle it's very like once it's done it's done Mm -hmm. so i have to be careful uh here though i've had my hair done once here it was really expensive it was like a hundred dollars yeah that's expensive for me no it is it (laughs) is expensive in general i think yeah back home the lady that does my hair she's amazing she gets it done in like 45 minutes or less and it'll only be $15. Oh my gosh, nothing costs exactly. $15 here. <laughs> you can't even walk into a salon for $15. Yeah, <laughs> only be $15, 45 minutes, I'm in, I'm out. And here, yeah, it's it like six hours. Yeah. You're sitting there and then you have to pull out $100 on top of it and it's not as good as I would have gotten it back home. So, I've just decided to learn how to do my hair myself, especially my sister's always pushing me to learn how to do it myself. And I'm getting there. Like I I did it last week and it turned out pretty well. So I think from now on, I'll probably be doing it more so myself that unless I'm getting like braids done or something that I'm unable to do myself or it'll take too long if I do myself. And I ask that because I think the nails and the hair we had talked briefly are things that are important to you in your care and how you carry yourself. So sometimes you're here and you're like, shoot, like I can't do it in the way that I want to do it. So you do have to take on and learn, I guess, yourself. Yeah. And that's that's I'm learning. It's it's coming out pretty well, actually. I'm (laughs) I'm excited. It's, it's, It's looking good. Excellent. I love that. Those are all all the important things when you go away and you travel is finding the things that can make you feel like you. Exactly. You know, exactly. Little bits. So I'll ask you our my final question. So what does it mean for you to be your own best friend? And how are you at that? Ooh. (laughs) She knew it was coming because it's not like she doesn't listen to every episode. (laughs) No surprise for you. Right. Okay. Being my own best friend, that's something I'm still figuring out. Okay. Is how to be there for myself and how to make sure, like how to check in with myself Mm -hmm. on a more like intentional and conscious level. I'm still learning. I, I don't know how to answer that holistically because I have no idea. <laughs> I, I think that's it. That's just the yeah. truth, right? I, yeah. I it's think, just where you are. You're yeah, learning. The, definitely trying to be more consistent with my self-care okay. and just affording myself a little bit of grace mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah. Just understanding my weaknesses and forgiving myself for a lot of things. Being steadfast in what I believe is for me and what's not for me and just being unwavering in the things that I allow 
in my life persevering and pushing for the things that i want the things that i believe i need mm. just being my advocate you know advocating yes. for myself you know uh, so i think that's those are the all things that i think in a way i'm my best friend to myself and also the things that i truly want to do more of right. to be my own best friend yeah i love i love that i love all the things you described which again the idea is that it is different things right everyone has a different vision of what that is yeah but as you were saying that being steadfast and your beliefs and unwavering in the things um that are important or that you allow in your life like gosh that's so important yeah and we can be so easily derailed and and i know right if your friend came to you i was like oh my god i can't believe i did this you'd say no you don't you know stay true to exactly. yourself you know we're so good at that i do that for my friends yeah. but for myself it's like mm. I know, I know. And it's okay, right? So again, uh, there's grace. Yeah. We might not, might not be good at it. And we are still learning. Yeah. And, and I think that's just the truth is that I think one thing I'm definitely better, but I, I think we're always practicing it. I think it's hard to be a perfect best friend. And even in the world of best friends, there's going to be times where maybe you disappointed your best friend unintentionally or yeah. you didn't say, you're like, shoot, I really said that and I shouldn't have. Yeah. You know, I think there's going to be that too. So mm -hmm. of course there's the same for ourselves, but but I think it's important to think about. I exactly. Think, yeah. I, it was very profound for me when I was reading, I don't know, a chapter in a book and I had opened it up and, and it said, you know, you're, you have to learn to be your own best friend. You're the only person you are going through the entirety of your life with. You're going to have other really important people, but you are the only one. And it just, I had never thought about it until that point. So just the idea of being able to be more intentional with all of that is, yeah. I think, the yeah. goal. I think like the thing that most reminds me to be there for myself is probably the Bible. Okay. Like, uh, that's a big thing for me. Mm -hmm. God is, like, a big part of my life um, in the Christian sense. Yeah. And because God affords me and everyone so much grace and there's so much room for error and mistakes mm -hmm. and just acceptance of the human aspect of everyone that if I were to not do the same for myself would be me saying I'm bigger than God. Mm, if oh God gosh. does this, then, you know, surely I should forgive myself too if he can forgive me for this. Or, you know, it's the same thing to how I treat other people. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. And whenever I'm in touch with God and I'm in touch with the Bible and I always feel in touch with myself too. So that's that's another big big way for me to be there for me yeah that's beautiful yeah wow i really loved that whole idea i just i didn't think of it in that way but it's so true right i love that <laughs> <laughs> i'm like my brain is like working around that and I guess I never thought about it in that context, right? And if you can't forgive yourself. Yeah. Okay, good. I have a lot to think about after this. This is why I love having these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing. No problem. <laughs> I'm excited for you now to have to go back and edit yourself. No. And probably this background sound we'll have to do something yeah i don't that, know if, but... if people will hear or no but right now there's a lot of <laughs> yeah, work going on a lot of outside. construction yeah there's yeah a lot going on around us but otherwise it's been a real pleasure to spend time with you on this side me too um, i've loved this conversation i admire you for you know all the things that you've done so far and it, it always i love my i love travel more than anything just like you but i also at I think at the age that I was for you, I loved my family so much. It was also hard to leave. So it's really a big jump. So I do. I admire your ability to straddle both worlds and to do both. And it's definitely not easy, but you make it look easy. <laughs> it's not. <But> thank you. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. There you go. That's words to live by. We're going to put yeah. that one in the quotes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Renette. Seriously, I'm so honored that you took time to be on the other side of the podcast to share your story, to lend your voice to our collection. And I really enjoyed our time together. And I am so grateful 
uh, that you spend time working on this podcast and felt it, you know, worthy enough to, to actually be a guest on. And to all of you, thank you so much for listening to Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. And as we wrap this up, I want to give a big shout out to our executive producer, David DeRoche, again to Renette Chafu, the producer, and to Scott Holmes for the theme music. You can listen to this and all of our university podcasts on the platform or app of your choice. You can follow us on Instagram at QUPodcast, and please feel free to drop us a line on QUPodcasts at QU.edu. And next week, we take a hop over to Europe. We're going to have a conversation with my friend Betty Grabsi, and he is coming to us from the French Riviera. And I really enjoyed our time together as we talked about being a student, being a student of life and how important growing is, uh, and especially through the lens of travel. Betty shares my passion for travel. He definitely travels a lot more than I do. Um, He's a really special man, and he and I often end up at conferences and, and events around different pockets in the world, and I miss that travel that we have with our colleagues. So it was really nice for us to be able to sit down and have a proper catch up. So I'm hoping you'll tune in next week for Living Well While Living Online. And until next week, my friends, please breathe deep, be intentional, and learn to be your own best friend.